Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. And we want to welcome you to another episode, episode five of A Pen and a Napkin. I am your host, Marty Plum, and you are welcome to a weekly coaching clinic in your pocket. Uh, really excited for this week's episode with uh, Coach Joel Huser from Papillion La Vista South. We're just going to call it Papio South for efficiency uh, here today. Uh, before we get going with anything, we want to recognize our sponsor for this episode, which is COSAC Chiropractic, which is located on 14450 Eagle Run Drive. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at COSAC Chiro, that's K-O-S-A-K-C-I-C-H-I-R-O.com. And be sure that you tell Dr. Heidi and Dr. Kevin uh, that you heard about COSAC Chiropractic from a pen and a napkin. Uh, we also want folks to follow us on Twitter on just search a pen and a napkin. Uh, we try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter site, so be sure to follow us there. And you can also check out when new episodes drop. Uh, also, be sure to go to either SoundCloud or iTunes. Coach, I finally figured out how to get this on iTunes and finally got it approved uh, yesterday morning, so you will be the first episode to go directly to iTunes, which is pretty awesome. Uh, be sure to download it. Be sure to rate it five stars. Be sure to get the word out to folks. Uh, what we want to do here is we want to gain momentum. We want to gain ratings so that we can help as many coaches build uh, their programs and educate themselves on their craft as we can. If you would like to email us, please be sure to email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. That's all one word, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. I'm really, really excited to have our guest on here today, Joel Huser from Papillion South, or Papio South, a head coach for 31 years, uh, Mankato, Kansas, uh, McCook High School out in southwestern Nebraska, and then since 19, or 2003, is it, Coach, at Papillion yeah. South? Yeah, 17 years now. It's hard to believe. It doesn't seem like we have been... Uh in existence for that long, but uh, sure enough, 2003 was our first year here of opening up brand new. Yeah, that's that, that is crazy to think that. So, uh, and we and we found out something. We 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 are both uh, somewhat natives of Northwest Iowa, and uh, you know, in, in the the pre uh, the pre recording here. So it's it's uh, coach. I'm just excited to have you on here today. It's it's a, it's a real treat to have you on and, and talk hoops with you today. Well, I'm excited to. Be with you as well, Marty. I know that, uh, you know, Kevin Sheaf, I listened to that podcast, and he's such a, just a great coach, but even a better person, and uh, I just loved how uh, you guys just had a good old conversation, and I'm excited to try to follow up, and if I can just be half of the podcast uh, interviewer that, uh, that Kevin was, I'd be happy, that's for sure. Well, let's see where we're at in about an hour or so, and, and we'll see if we can give you a five-star rating at the end of this here. So. <laughs> oh, I doubt it. Uh, all right. We'll give it our best shot here. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? Uh, we definitely will here. So uh, we're a couple of KG Crafty veterans here getting ready to roll. So, um, Coach, just tell us a little bit of your, your background. Uh, your, your, you know, I kind of gave a, a short story of, of your, uh, a short uh, run of your resume. A little bit, but just uh, for folks that don't know you, um, just kind of you know fill us in on uh, you know where you've come from, how you ended up at Papillion South uh, 17 years ago. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I 
I am a coach's kid, and so just have been under the umbrella of, of coaching in basketball just forever, um, you know, since I could walk. So my father, uh, Jerry Heischer, who um, my greatest influence when it comes to the game uh, for the longest time was the head coach at you know, what is now University of Nebraska at Kearney, but at the time, Kearney State College. And so I just have just incredible memories of growing up around all of his teams, uh, the game itself, and just, uh, you know, all the enthusiasms that seem to go hand in hand with small college um, basketball. And I just have, you know, very fond memories of that. And that's kind of what then, you know, launched me into not only playing it, but uh, then wanting to be a coach myself. And uh, I really don't remember a day when I don't remember. I, I just don't remember a time thinking, you know, uh, I don't want to be a coach. I've just always have wanted to be that. And uh, as a result, um, you know, 31 years later, uh, I'm still doing what I love. After, uh, sorry, go ahead, Marty. No, no, you, I just keep on going if you want to keep going there. Yeah, well, it just kind of, you know, launched me into, to, uh, you know, right after college. Uh, you know, I had that, uh, a brief, quick, quick nine months down in, in Mankato, Kansas, just south of Superior, about 60 miles south of Hastings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had my opportunity to, to be a head varsity coach there. And then it wasn't, but, uh, you know, eight, nine months after I got that job that the, uh, the job out of McCook opened up and uh, I had a really good relationship with uh, Coach Kyle Hainer. Uh, you know, at Kearney High was my junior varsity coach there, and uh, his father, Leroy, was the head principal out in McCook, and uh, just, you know, one thing led to another, and next thing you know, it, it you know, it was, I was really young, right, boy, 24 years old, yep. uh, you know, I got that head varsity job at McCook, and uh, 13 years there, and it was just, it was a blast, I, I loved McCook, my family loved it, uh, it was just a, a great time in our life to you know, grow up in, in a town of southwest Nebraska where where people, uh, you know, just really rallied behind your your teams and the community. And uh, so that, those are some great memories out there. And then, uh, you know, Papio South came calling, uh, you know, about 2003. And, and that's been a great, great run uh, in the last 16 years of just being around, uh, again, a great staff, uh, just a place for, for me to, to grow, uh, you know, professionally as a coach, but then just for my family also to have, you know, different opportunities that maybe we wouldn't have, you know, in Southwest Nebraska, but, um, boy, both, both places have treated us well. Awesome. Uh, a couple of, you, you talked about your, your, your father. Um, and obviously if, if you stick around in the college game for, for three decades, you're, you're doing some things really right. Um, you know, what are some, some things, and, and, and it might be difficult for you to narrow it down to two, three, four things, uh, that you take from your father that you use, uh, you know, watching your, your dad coach and stuff. Uh, but you know, what are some of the, the key components, uh, that you take, you know, from play, you know, being around your dad and, and being around his teams? Sure. I, you know, one, he was. He was very uh, competitive, uh, had a, a great intensity, uh, you know, for not only uh, winning, but to, to play the game the right way. And so, 
I guess if there's anything that stands out about his teams is just their ability to score. Uh, they were, you know, even before the three point line, uh, they were averaging well in the, you know, the eighties, nineties. I remember games, you know, uh, way above, you know, 120 points. And sometimes this was before the three point line, uh, that three point line came in my freshman year. So you know, his, some of his, his really incredible teams like 78, 79, 80, early 80s, uh, those teams were, were scoring a lot of points with even out the three-point line. So that they really had the ability to get out and just you know run the floor and, and play with uh, confidence and freedom. And, uh, boy, I wish I was half <laughs> as good as he was at, at coaching that because he did a great job with it and really had some you know incredible players. He did a a super job of recruiting the state, uh, recruiting a lot of times, uh, you know, small class players that became all Americans for him. And it was a, a special time to be around, you know, Carney state basketball. Mm-hmm. What, uh, obviously you got to have great individual players to, to put that many points on the board. Uh, what was it that your dad did schematically that, you know, pushed the pace to that level? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess you could call it, uh, you know, freedom within uh, just motion principles. He um, did a, a great job of just teaching two man. He would, you know, his terms in those days and, and still to this day, I use it, but uh, two man game, three man game uh, principles or actions. And, you know, those were the result of, of the half court game. Uh, but yet, like I said, their ability to just, you know, run the floor and utilize uh, pressure. Uh, to create opportunities there uh, and just, you know, the game within the game for uh, his teams just had tons of possessions and, uh, you know, those increased opportunities to, to shoot the ball. Uh, again, he had, he had great scorers, great shooters. So uh, it just was really fun uh, basketball to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, another person that you talked about was, uh, you know, before we got going with the recording here, was Tom Crop, uh, and obviously a, a Carney legend as well. Uh, you know, along with your dad, you know, the, the the person that you worked with day in and day out that had a huge influence with you as as well. Kind of talk about uh, Coach Crop and 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 his influence on you as well. Yeah, if you you know were to kind of look at the just the the dates of everything, you know when. Coach Crop was playing for my dad, which don't know if you knew that. So that goes back yeah. to you know the early seventies. Early seventies, uh, yeah. So he's playing for my dad. That puts me at age, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, ten, and then he uh-huh. went on. And Tom had experiences, uh, you know, in the NBA, the bullets and the bulls and then he went over to, to Europe and just crushed him over there so all <laughs> of those years you know for me being a, a young grade school kid into my middle school and high school years uh, and then you know coach crop then ultimately was um, the assistant coach for my dad when I was playing so mm-hmm. I, I was just around him a lot um, yeah. even when he was overseas he would come back in the summer, work the camps, play. And so for me, Tom was just that, that idol that I, I learned so much about 
what it meant to, you know, work hard, really. I mean, if there's a guy that taught me how to work hard, that was, it yeah. was Tom Crop, and uh, just to play the game, you know, relentlessly. So, uh, Coach Crop and, and my dad, those those two have definitely impacted me and and how I, I try to go about coaching probably more than anybody. So you played for your dad then, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that challenge too was presented. So, so, um, so you know, we we've talked about uh, Coach Sheaf and his podcast, and he talked yeah. about coaching his kids. Uh-huh. Uh, you have the other viewpoint, at least at this time period, of playing for your dad. Um, yes. What was that like? Right. Well, that was hard. <laughs> but <laughs> it was hard, and uh, but yet. You know, winning can solve a lot of things. And yeah. for much of my career, we won a lot of games. And that has, again, a lot to do with uh, my dad and, and some guys that he recruited. Uh, I played with a, a really good player by the name of Bart Kofid uh-huh. that oh, yeah. went on and, and played in the NBA as well. So <laughs> very little to do with me, but had a lot to do with Bart and uh, some of our other teammates. So, so winning, you know, made it a little bit easier but uh just a lot of pressure uh it seemed like every time i saw my name in the the paper which you know even in high school it was always joel he's your the son of son you of. know carney state college coach jerry and i just that always and that was a, a challenging part um of my my high school and college is just trying to get away from the the comparison or if you will, just the, you know, the pressure of trying to live up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have great memories of it. It's, it was tough and hard, but um, I think hindsight, you know, reflection, uh, playing for for your dad and, and those being around uh, the program that you grew up idolizing uh, just has a lot of special memories with me. And, uh, you know, as a result, um, I, I was able then to, Two of my three boys uh, played for me here at the Point South, so I've kind of been through the yeah the whole gamut of it as well. Do you think that affected how you coach your kids? Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> most definitely. In what way? Um, well, I guess I just it was constantly um, in my four. I just it constantly I was just think I was aware I was aware that. Um, you know, I guess I'd kind of walked in their shoes, you know, uh-huh. if you will. And so I was, I was just aware. Uh, it doesn't mean I didn't make mistakes and, and, you know, say things I regretted or, you know, put too much pressure on that. You know, all those things that kind of go hand. But I was definitely aware. I was mm-hmm. able to say that, you know, I had experienced it. Yeah. I coached my son, like, one session of Conquer League or whatever down there at the lead center when he was, like, in fourth grade. Sure. And and that was one session too many. Um, that was two stubborn Italians that wouldn't give an inch. And and I told my wife about halfway through it. I said I I can't do this. And it, it wasn't fair to him because I was I know I was putting too much pressure on him. You know, and 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 I just always wanted my son to have his own experiences and and to just you know just just play. And I just wanted to go to games and just be a dad and and watch. And you know um, I can't imagine coaching them at the high school level, you know, I, I felt like that put a little bit of a strain on our relationship when he was nine or 10 years old. You know, I can't imagine doing it when they're junior, senior in high school, you know? 
no, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's definitely, it's like a lot of things in sports. It's, it's not easy, but usually, you know, when it's said and done, um, you know, it's, it can always be worth it if you keep perspective and balance. And I, you know, you mentioned (laughs) half the challenges is just having that, that wife at home, that mother that, uh, is that easy go between that has great balance. And and so I was very blessed to have a, and I still do, but to to have a Lisa who, you know, did a good job with kind of balancing out the sons and the, yeah, the husband that that does the coaching. So, because it, it's not always been easy here at the Point South. Um, uh, yeah, winning is hard in the Metro, and uh, so sometimes uh, you know you gotta you gotta trudge through uh, you know those challenges as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you are uh, very outspoken about your faith life, and and and. Uh, you know, your, your faith in, in Jesus Christ and, and you're a very strong Christian. Um, how does that, uh, how, how do you bring that into your, your coaching style? Um, you know, every, you know, not to, you know, it, it, I don't want to get too much into, you know, uh, politics and religion. We're a basketball podcast, but I, but I know that, I know that that is something that you're passionate about and I know that's something that I, I think you uh, bring to the table that is uh, such a positive for your young men that you're trying to mold. Uh, what are some things that you bring to your program in that vein when it comes to uh, your strong faith? Well, I think the for me, uh, you know, we we maybe even have already alluded to or talked about a little bit earlier. Is just for me growing up as a player, the uh, and I. I think it's even more challenging today for so many players. It's just, you know, the, the, the expectations and the, and the pressures of just performing and, and almost being perfect and flawless. And, yeah. Oh, it's, it's so extreme. And now with social media, it makes it, um, you know, really magnifies it. So um, for me, you know, when, when I was able to, um, you know, come to a, personal relationship with with christ uh it just gave me hope it was just oh i just was so you know hope i mean i guess to me it's i just want to you know because you know christ is now the kind of the author and perfecter of you uh, you know if you will of my my faith to to kind of quote a little scripture there um it's just has given me hope and i just want to you know share that hope i, I don't want to it's not like, you know, trying to, you know, shove it down anyone's throat or anything. No, no. It's just, it's just to share hope and be positive and uh, just to hopefully allow the um, experiences uh, of working with, you know, teams and teammates, uh, you know, to to really uh, just kind of surrender. You know the, the the ego, the individual, to to just a, a greater a greater a greater good, which is you know team and something bigger and than yourself. Course, yeah, much bigger than than ourselves. And you know, my, my faith is just who I am. I'm, you can't you know keep it at, at home or away. It's just it's just who I am. And and hopefully, it's something that you know is is positive and it's something that uh, you know hopefully. 
is is going to be well received, and you know, if if it's not, uh, you know, then that's just uh, part of life. Sometimes, you know, not yep. everybody's going to be happy. Yep. Well, that is uh, kind of ironic that you kind of end on that note on that topic. We're going to uh, go through our Don Meyer quote of the day um and and coach you put don meyer as one of your influences and we'll just get into that and and i think kind of the way you wrapped up that final point there um it's it's been very uh karma like that a lot of these quotes have fit the conversation that we end up delving into um but the don meyer quote of the day is pick battles big enough to fight and small enough to win um as a longtime head coach you know that you have to pick battles big enough to fight and small enough to win. Um, don't you think? Oh yeah. I think you have to fight for your culture every day. If I were to, that's a doc rivers quote. Um, and you know, so having a, a pulse on the battles that are, you know, very significant for, for your, your program's culture mm -hmm. as opposed to just skinny rabbits. <laughs> I got a yep. buddy, a coaching buddy here at the school, Bill line in baseball. He's, he's awesome. He's, he's as good as they get. And he'll, he'll remind me that, you know, when you go hunting, there's fat rabbits and there's skinny rabbits and you don't want to, yeah. you know, waste your time trying to shoot a skinny rabbit. Sometimes, you know, there's, it's no different than the Don Meyer quote. Uh, mm -hmm. You just want to have a good, a good feel for you know what is a skinny rabbit, what's a, a fire you want to put out, what's a fire that's you know. So, I think that a lot of it has to do with just knowing your your program's uh, culture, and you mm -hmm. know that's where we try to you know really um, you know spend a lot of time emphasizing you know some of those traits that you know, a team needs to have to be successful. And, and usually those can be reflected in, in the culture you're fighting for. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of culture, Coach, you, you have a great website. And uh, in my research for this podcast, I, I, I ran across it, uh, southtitanbasketball.com, and a lot of good things on there. And, and one of the things that you have within your program, you call it building a culture of greatness, greatness, excuse me, building a culture of greatness. And there's five pillars uh, that, that you have built into that. Um, you know, kind of go in how you came about that. Um, are those pillars different every year? Is it uh, something or is it, you know, a, a pretty permanent thing or you don't shake it up too often and just kind of go into the details of, of those five pillars and what they all entail, how you try to teach those things, so forth and so on. Yeah. Well, those pillars, uh, do not change. They're, they're, they're just steadfast with our, our program. And, you know, I, first of all, I'm so blessed to have you know, coaching staff that is just right there alongside me, uh, you know, with these very same, um, you know, thoughts and, and, and passions and beliefs. So, uh, you know, with, with that said, these pillars, uh, I mean, I think I got them. It's not like I thought of them myself. These mm -hmm. came from, I think, uh, you know, Coach Bennett. Actually, it was his father, probably Dick Bennett, I yep. think, that um, – probably kind of branded them as, as a part of 
culture. And then, you know, his son Tony is outstanding and doing so much with him now. But um, I'm sure there's mention of them, you know, in a, in a Don Meyer quote, too, as well. I, I just love them. I mean, I think yep. it's, you know, unity, passion, humility, servanthood, and thankfulness. Uh, and then those five pillars, um, hopefully, are, are what kind of, you know, regulate how we just go about interacting with people um, and interacting, you know, within the confines of our team, but even within ourselves, you know, uh, you know, the humility or the passion, you know, so there's just, and we we just try to take time, uh, you know, throughout the year. And then those years kind of add up after three or four years with them in your program. But we we try to touch on them with our younger kids as well. So, um, you know, hopefully when it's all said and done, um, you know, when you when you leave the program, you, know, you, you have a pretty good idea of what we mean by by unity, what we mean by you know having passion, and, uh, humility, servanthood, and thankfulness. Um, if we could, we could just take a minute or two on each one of these because I think it's really really good stuff, and you can see kind of the 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 Dick Bennett influence, um, the Don Meyer type of stuff. Um, you know how you know what are some things that you guys do to teach? Uh, we'll start with unity. Uh, what are some some you know key teaching points of that? How do you unite your program, so to speak? Yeah. Well, well first of all, just with the the pillars themselves, um, I'd be interested to see how many of my guys. Um, one, we have you know with each pillar, we have a quote, and you know every year we we have them memorize the quote. And, you know, you might think, well, that's no big deal. Well, it kind of is a big deal. So, you know, for example, with unity, uh, we have this African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And, you know, early in the year, our kids are uh, asked to to memorize that quote and, you know, kind of talk it out. And then just, you know, throughout the the season, uh, you know, there's just different opportunities that arise that – you know, we're able to kind of stop and think, okay, um, you know, right now, are we better off together or, you know, can you kind of serve yourself and just kind of do this yourself and and go fast and go alone? But, you know, what's that going to do to our team? And and there's just, you know, always great teaching moments. So uh, I guess, you know, with unity, that that quote comes to mind. Uh, There's just, um, you know, I love trying to, instill into our players, you know, some opportunities to, to read books, uh, mm-hmm. uh, tell them with, with unity, if they could read, uh, this is a long book, so I don't know, <laughs> you know, we probably, a handful of kids have probably actually read it, but, uh, the boys in the boat, uh, was just one of my favorite books ever read, but boy, talk about a book that, uh, you know, addresses unity because of, uh, just talks about how, this uh, American experience of, uh, you know, these kids from uh, a rowing crew, you know, that were able to win the Olympic gold medal. And just, I don't know, good stuff like that, that I, I just think we need to continue to try to share with our kids as much as possible. I, I kind of went on too long with, no. with unity there. Kind of no. got sidetracked. But, um, you know, passion, one of my, my say again, a quote again, but um, spend this – uh, go through with our camps in the summer and we kind of do a little echo yell with our kids and I'll say nothing great and they'll, they'll repeat nothing great and then we say it was ever achieved 
I'll repeat that, you know, without enthusiasm. And of course, you know, enthusiasm is just a, another word for, for passion or, or love. You know, if you want to do something well, um, you need to love, you need to, you know, be passionate about it. You need to love it. You need to, uh, you know, so again, those are things that I think you're able to, you know, address to a, a team as, you know, maybe just the, the quest of playing basketball and you know, reaching the state tournament and all those things, but how easily that can then carry over into to life, uh, you know, being a good dad, being a good father, uh, you know, be passionate about what you do. Uh, I think there's, we'll, we'll take some time with a, we'll, we'll ask our guys, we'll say, uh, and I'm getting this out of what drives winning, I think is where I got this. Um, but the we'll, Pete we'll Carroll book? No, uh, sure. Or, what drives winning is uh, Brett Ledbetter. Okay. Just, he does an outstanding job with kind of addressing uh, character over the player. Uh, and there's a, a point when he talks about, um, you know, saying, okay, imagine a 60-story skyscraper, you know, 30 yards separating the two buildings, and then we have this wood plank across it. And, uh you know, then the question is, would you walk across that, that plank, you know, for $500? Well, probably not. But then, you know, if, if you have a family member's life, you know, hanging in the balance on the other side, would you walk across that wood plank? And, of course, you know, everybody's like, yes, yes. Or you can use that same analogy, like with a burning building, you know. Uh-huh. So, you know, our point is when you're passionate about something, when you love the people you're with or, you know, the, the endeavor that you're striving to, to accomplish, uh, you're able to do so much more. And so, um, I don't know, you know, you kind of get me fired up talking about this stuff. So I think, no, this is great stuff. This is great great stuff. Things that, um, it's just so fun to, you know, teach young men about. And a lot of times, sometimes they'll look at you and not even really say much, but, maybe four or five years later they'll come back and, and talk to you about it a little bit where it seems to start to make sense a little more um, humility one of my favorites uh, you know our quote is uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself but thinking of yourself less which you, know, you really got to stop and think that one through a little bit but um, it just means can you think of others I mean that's where you, know, you got a Don Meyer quote where he says everybody picks up trash I don't know if you've yeah. ever heard that oh one. yeah oh yeah and it's oh, yeah. so true I mean you know we try to teach our kids uh, after the game you know shake hands and then you know it's clean up for our bench and it's you know no one else's responsibility to clean up our own trash uh, other than ourselves so uh, I don't know those yep. are just little things uh Crazy Horse is a, a great, a great, you know, hero to, here's a guy that um, had all of the, the rights and passages to, and, and again, don't quote me, I, I'm not saying I, I know a ton about the Native American folklore, and sure. but I do know that the Crazy Horse had every reason to wear all of the, the head dressing. Yeah. And so often he just chose to wear the, the one feather and, and then a lot of that was just out of out of humility and trying not to put himself above everybody else and so I don't know good stuff like yeah. that that yeah. um, 
I think we can be very intentional with uh, through athletics to, to teach, you know, our our young men to become, you know, great men. Uh, servanthood and thankfulness are the last two, but just stop me if I'm going too long here. Well, I, I thought that just one thing I want to throw in there about the picking up the trash thing, you know, and that's, you know, anybody who followed Coach Meyer and his career, you know, they, they know that was, you know, he, he only had three or four rules. Everybody takes notes. You pick yep. up trash. You say please and thank you. Um, yeah, um, you know, I, I would, I would tell our teams everywhere we went, well, we're going to leave every place we go nicer than what we found it. You know, that was the quote we used, you know, leave it nicer than what you found it. And, and my kids knew exactly what I meant by that, you know? Um, and I think that's just, uh, like you said, just a, a respect thing. Um, a, a humility thing that, you know, we're not above picking up trash. We're not above, uh, taking care of other people's facilities. Um, we are a guest here, you know, so forth and so on. And, and I think that's, uh, so vitally important in, in teaching young people how to, uh, be successful in life, because that's the impression you're leaving, you know, that you're representing Papio South high school. And if, if you leave a bunch of trash in the locker room, that is people's impression of Papio South high school. You know, or as an example, you know, I know your kids wouldn't do that, but just, you know, we have to help educate kids that you don't think that's important, but it's actually really, really, really important, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. very important. And, you know, I think it's easy to sit there and think, well, what's that have to do with playing basketball and winning? But it has everything to do with it. Uh, you yep. show me, show me anything you'll do and I'll show you everything you do. Yep. Um, it's it's becoming just excellent in, in how you go about trying to do what you do and how you treat people. And, uh, those things are, are just very valuable. And, uh, so yeah, we're, you know, I'm just glad to have had, you know, people like coach Meyer in my life that have kind of, you know, led and shown that way and, and just the value of all those teaching moments. Mm -hmm. So your last two pillars here, thankfulness and servanthood, go in, go into uh, depth with those. I, I, I love this stuff. <laughs> well, servanthood, I mean, that, you know, our, the quote we have for our kids to, to memorize is everybody can be great, but anybody, or everybody can be great because anybody can serve. And, you know, I, I think servanthood is, you know, a close, close, I think I even use that term in some things I've written. Uh, it's like a, a cousin or a close friend of, of humility. I mean, the two just kind of work hand in hand. So um, just, you know, here I here's a good one. I went up to my assistants and I, Jim Simpson and, and Joseph Cooley our, and our wives, we went up yesterday to Brookings mm -hmm. to watch uh, South Dakota State football. We have a couple of former players up there playing and one of them is a senior um luke sellers and and so here's a quick story luke his senior year um gets hurt he's you know obviously a, a football guy but he played basketball for us and he was hurt he wasn't gonna play all year i think he maybe played just a touch down the end of the season but he has a knee injury and every day before practice, and I never asked him one time to do this, um, he would just get out the room and sweep the floor for us. Mm -hmm. And I never asked him to do it. And, you know, here's this, you know, all-state football player that um, 
has every right to just be bitter about being hurt and not getting to play a senior year of basketball. And, and yeah, he just, he came to practice every day, um, you know, trying to ask, what can I do for my teammates? And boy, that stuff makes an impression on me as a coach. And it's a big reason why we're willing to drive four hours yesterday up to, to Brookings and, and watch him play. So, yep. uh, you know, those are just, those are just great memories. Uh, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's why it's, it's so fun to coach, uh, you know, kids that, that get it. And, and Luke is one of them. He, he, he just knows that, um, you know, it's not about his ego. It's about serving others. So, uh, that comes to mind. Thankfulness. The last one, I mean, this, my, uh, my one word for the year, if you've ever heard of that before. Yep. Um, a lot of times that's John Gordon will kind of tweet out stuff about it. One word. I always try to do that. And this year, mine is uh, gratitude, which obviously is the same word as thankfulness because I can, Again, as much as I talk about this stuff right now, Marty, I could just be ridiculous, poor at it. So no, um, you're doing great. You're doing great. Be, it can always be a challenge, you know. If my one word is gratitude, there's days when you're probably wanting to stop and say, "Coach, remember your one word is gratitude. <laughs> be thankful. Be thankful." But um, the point there is, uh, you know, it's not just the good times, but you know, trying to have a thankful heart during. Uh, even the, the challenging times and knowing that uh, sometimes it's that adversity. Hey, I have a good friend, uh, Gus Gustafson, who you know lost his arm at age nine. Boy, he's taught me so much about, um, you know, understanding that sometimes your, your toughest lessons in life, your hardest moments are the moments and the challenges and the experience or seasons in your life that you can can grow the most and become the strongest and so i think that's where you want to you want to be thankful and, and know that um you know even in the bad times uh if you stay positive and just think okay what can i learn from this how can i get better how can i help someone else uh, a lot of times it'll take the eyes off of your own self pity and, and mm-hmm. you know enables you to grow stronger with, with teammates and other people so mm-hmm. uh, those are the areas that I think kind of you know govern how we just go about trying to interact with our teams throughout the, mm-hmm. the practices and years yeah you know one of the things I would say to my kids uh if we were struggling a little bit you know and, and you fr- you're frustrated and you want to win and you're competitive and you know there's a lot of reasons why you're out there, you know, uh, you're, you're not enjoying not playing as well, uh, as a individual or as a team as you want to, but you know, every once in a while I would remind them, you know, Hey, you know, let's think about this. We are really frustrated or stressed or whatever the, the term you want to use, uh, about something where there's a, there's a tin pole hanging 10 foot off the ground and our biggest challenge is trying to take this orange ball and throw it up into this thing hanging 10 feet off the ground and then we go down to the other end and we try to prevent another group of people from taking this orange thing and throwing it into this tin hoop 10 feet off the ground um think about that you know we're we're really lucky we're really blessed that we're really 
frustrated or stressed or disappointed in the way things are going right now. So let's let's keep some perspective on this. We we still want to do better. We still have to do better. We we there's things that we need to do within the concepts of of this, but all in all, life is pretty good if if those are the things that we're really uh frustrated about, you know. Um that's that's one of the things I tried to do from time to time to teach my kids some perspective on some stuff, you know. Um and, I, and I'm guessing you you have similar examples to that, you know. Yeah, 100% agree there. And um, and yet the game itself, you know, is kind of a, a microcosm of life. And so you can you can use just you know even the challenges within the game mm-hmm. or within the season, you know, an injury or yep. you know uh, you know fouling out or, or maybe not getting the playing time. You you know a lot of those things that are adverse. Um, you can try to, you know, use those those opportunities to prepare, you know, our student athletes for for tougher stuff down the road uh, because life is hard. Yeah, it is messy and uh, it is challenging, and and so that's why uh, I guess you try to keep a firm grasp mm-hmm. on these different um, types types of uh, you know pillars, I guess, if you will. Yep. Yeah, and and it's and it's good to ingrain those pillars because almost every team is going to have adversity in every journey that they go on. And so you have to prepare yourself for that adversity. You know, uh, you know, Don Meyer, uh, I believe it was Don Meyer, uh, said, you know, what are we going to do when this guy Murphy shows up, you know, and Murphy's law, yeah. you know, and, and we've, we've all had those games or, you know, we've all, you know, if you do this long enough, you probably have a season where you just like, yeah, we just, for whatever reason, this guy Murphy just keeps kicking our butt. You know, how are you going to handle it? How are you going to handle it? How are you going to handle adversity? How are you going to work your way through it? Are you going to, like you said with one of your core pillars, are we going to unite or are we going to splinter apart here? Are we going to become selfish or are we going to come together and try to figure this out, you know? And so I think above all the X's and O's, uh, that, you know, those pillars that you're going through are so vitally important to to the foundation of any program that you want to build. Yeah, you just said something there that reminded me of one. We share this every year too. It's um, I don't even know who said it, but it's a hammer shatters glass but forges steel. And of course, the hammer kind of being represented by the the adversity and how it's either going to you know break us into a million little pieces and we'll just fragment. And, and that happens some years. You got teams that just can't. You know, they get bitter and they or you know, that same adversity can forge us into steel, but it's got to be intentional. We got to make a decision together to, you know, become stronger because of what we're enduring and going through. So, yeah, good stuff, Marty, mm-hmm. good stuff. So I'm glad I had people like Coach Meyer to, uh, you know, really, uh, I guess, do it. He, he was so good at uh, reminding us and sharing all of that. Uh, with us so it you know it became such a part of who he was and then mm-hmm. it kind of you know transferred and trickled down into you know how so many of me and my my buddies that yep. all kind of grew up coaching you know coach chief my my joseph jim my assistants mm-hmm. uh, paul veronic these guys are just big parts and influences of my life with that stuff yep let's get into some shooting here um, and that's one thing we actually haven't talked about, you know, kind of the, the most important thing, you know, taking that little round ball and putting it into that hoop. 
hanging 10 feet above the ground here. Uh, you know, you talked about putting the ball in the basket and, and shooting and how important it was to your to your dad's teams um, and, to, and to your program and what you guys teach. Uh, what are some uh, teaching principles that you guys have when it comes to uh, shooting and, and shooting shot, shot mechanics, shooting fundamentals? Uh, what are some some drills that you guys do? Uh, let, well, let's start with mechanics and then we'll go into drill work here. And, and what do you guys do there? So, yeah, um, you know, this is, I think this is such a, a beautiful part of the game, you know, shooting because it's, you know, one, you, you mechanically have to be really good. And then, but then the muscle memory, uh, the repetition that needs to go behind it, uh, is, is enormous. I mean, it's one of those things where you, you heard all the, the data out there, but you know, one that sticks out in my mind from, you know, about 30 years ago is that in order for you to, you know, really perfect your shot, it needs to be done like about 200,000 times. And so, you know, the math behind that is, is kind of crazy, but you're, you're spending a, a good decade of your life and we're talking about good shooter, you know, uh, and maybe not even great, but, but a good shooter. So mm -hmm. you need to put the time in it. So I guess the thing that we really have tried to make one of our, the foundations to our, our program in terms of shooting, it's, it's called formed shooting progression. And again, it's nothing I created. This is, this is Don Meyer. It's probably not exactly how he did it. Um, there's videos of it on my website. If you know, anybody is interested, but it, it just really, what it does is, you know, starting as early as first, second, third grade, uh, you know, those, those young players can, can just mechanically by taking themselves through the, the footwork of things and the elbow alignment, and, you know, it kind of evolves. The, the process kind of goes into a one hand form shooting and then two hand form shooting. And it's really difficult to kind of describe on a, you know, on, on a podcast, but sure. it's very easy to see, you know, on, on video, but that mechanical sequence, um, we ask our players to do every day. And so when they, when they walk into the gym at three thirty, and if we're starting practice, you know, in the next five to 10 minutes, they, they know even right now during, you know, fall open gyms and skill work, when they walk into the gym, I'm not saying they all do it like they should, but, mm -hmm. um, we encourage and the ones that do, you know, they kind of go through this five minute process. Um, they, it just seems like they go on to become, you know, good shooters, uh, yeah. if not really good. And so these are people that are again, very diligent about it, but then they also then, uh, you know, take that times the reps times shooting game shots at game speed. Uh, you know, all those kind of are the perfect recipe to becoming a good shooter. So, ask questions redirect me here i feel like i'm getting a little choppy with how i'm explaining no no you're doing fine um what uh you know what are some you know you're talking about the shot progression um and and so let's let's go jump into the gym here uh we're down at uh, papio south and your kids come in they do the shot progression 
Uh, you guys open up with a, a lot of shooting here in the early part of practice here to, to keep that mindset going. Uh, if you do, what are some core drills that you guys run to, to really emphasize that consistent uh, approach both physically and mentally with it? Yeah, well, you know, the off-season, um, kids will spend a lot of time, you know, on, on the gun. Uh, we, we have a ton of um, three-man shooting drills that I think that just kind of lends itself to, now again, that's kind of a, a numbers thing and baskets thing, but mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of times our practices are comprised of about, you know, 18 players, okay. you know, it's usually a combination of varsity JV guys and, you know, with six hoops. Uh, I, I just, I like any, any shooting drill that one has game speed and not a lot of standing in line. And so if you have, you know, three per basket, you've got a passer, you've got a rebounder, and then you've got a shooter and you get them doing things on the move, on the run. Um, there's just so much more of an advantage to that. It just makes you, you know, very, very uh, efficient there. Uh, so it happens early in practice. It happens midway through practice. It happens to kind of finish practice, but we're, mm-hmm. we're spending probably um, in the season, you know, uh, as much as 30 minutes, you know, out of our almost two hours of practice, you know, during different shooting drills. So it's definitely something we, we emphasize a lot um, when it comes to, you know, playing the game. We, we talk a lot about being um, BPR. So, you know, what is a good shot? Uh, I mean, everybody would like to, you know, get equal amounts of shots in a game. We know that that's not the case because, you know, the, it's still about getting a great shot for the team and not everybody. Uh, so we, we emphasize balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just making sure that if you're going to shoot that open shot in a game, you've got, you know, good balance. And, and for us, balance is not, this is kind of a, a basketball um, debate sometimes is we remind them that a lot of time your feet are not as wide as your shoulders. Your feet are as probably wide as your hips. Uh, we like to emphasize a slight turn of our body. I, I use the analogy of throwing a dart to a dartboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that turn, which has then, if I'm right-handed, my, my right foot is usually slightly ahead of my left, but then my whole upper body is even turned a little bit. You know, Just imagine throwing a dart yep. and how you would align your body. So balance there. Uh, pressure, of course, you know, are you... Are you being heavily guarded? Those types of things, and then your range. Um, you know, it's such a game of analytics right now, where you know we're we're certainly hoping to shoot a lot of threes, very few mid range, and, and a lot of you know to the rim type of things. So it, it's becoming a game where we just want pretty much anybody on the team by the time they're getting to that JV varsity level um, able to you know, have good range in terms of shooting efficiently from outside the arc because it's, it's become that game. So BPR is how we like to try to, um, I guess, determine, you know, yep. again, Coach Meyer had the shot rating. Yep. Um, that was, that's just good stuff for any coach that, you know, go on to his website. And he's got it somewhere on there just, you know, that 
the four three two one zero. Yeah, the four three two one, or maybe it's three two one zero. I think zero if you had a turnover. So maybe it was. But uh, there's been times where then we went through and and rated our player shots, and uh, that can be, you know, a tricky thing um, in this day and age because we're we don't want to, you know, disrupt a player's confidence. But at the same time. they certainly can't have false confidence that uh, you need to get in the gym and earn it a little bit. So I'm kind of going back and forth a little bit on this, but I think when it comes to practice and, uh, and games, you know, we want kids to have a really good idea of, you know, what is a good shot? You know, so their shot selection is as important as becoming, you know, a good shooter. Sometimes, sometimes you can be mechanically a really good shooter, but if you're shooting at the old advised times, I, it's just it's going to affect you as much as anything. So uh, those are important, you know, mental uh, components of shooting the basketball. I really like that BPR, you know, that, and that's just quick, you know, you know, uh, balance, pressure, range, you know, and 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 if you fit all three of those criteria, you know, let it fly. Um, and I think that's a I, I think that's a, a great reminder for kids. They could just say, hey, you know, Johnny, is that in your BP? Is that a BPR for you? You know, and yeah, and, yeah, or no, yeah, you're right, coach. You know, <laughs> yeah, and we're we're trying to get to that that point where we, uh, you know, are are charting, you know, a lot of our makes and misses. I mean, obviously, we do it in a game, but uh-huh. um, in practice as well, because if you can if you can kind of establish, you know, those good practice habits and, and get to the point where. Um, we almost try to take it times double. So let's say if 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 I am making you know sixty percent of my threes in practice, we tell them that due to game slippage, just the rhythm you get in practice, that that probably you know equates to about thirty percent in a game. Mm-hmm. So you know we're telling them, all right, let's. Let's let's put in the extra work, the extra time, the extra effort to get up to seventy percent in practice. So then, you know, if we are at about thirty-five in a, in a game, that you know, it's still you know thirty-five and three is still really good shooting. So uh, those are just some some little things that we try to use to to teach and you know encourage, and then at the same time hold them accountable. If you're if you can't make it in practice, <laughs> yeah. You're probably not making it in a game either. So uh, we, we like to have a little bit of that as some objective, you know, material to work with going into games. And then, you know, once the season then gets rolling, you kind of stack some games on top of each other. Uh, then you can start to, you know, just manage, you know, who's maybe getting certain shots um, just from what the carryover is from game to game. Mm-hmm. So all of that stuff is, is very important. And I think that um, – you just can't spend enough time um, on shooting. I mean, it's just, yeah. to me, it's like it's like baseball. Do, do, do you need to do you need to be good at hitting? Well, of course you do. So <laughs> why wouldn't you shoot a lot in basketball? So uh, that again, that, I get that from my dad. That's, yeah, that's him. Um, how do you handle a, a kid who's a good shooter uh, but is struggling? You know, do you talk to them? Do you do you have them watch some video? Does it depend on the kid? Uh, that was one thing I always struggle with because because I wasn't very good, but I could shoot. You know, but when 
I struggled. I didn't. Me personally, I was like, I'll, I could, I'll figure this out. I, I trust my shot mechanics that I'm going to get this figured out. And I you know, usually did find a, a little bit of a way to do that. But, you know, how, how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, I again, I don't want to sound like I, I know what I'm saying here because, you know, for every time it's been handled well, I'm sure that I've got a, a situation where it's, you know, because that is such a challenging thing. I, I alluded to baseball. Yeah. And Coach Cooley, um, my varsity assistant, he's he's awesome at this stuff too. Um, I mean, the first thing we'll, we'll tell the kid, is, you know, if you're in a batting slump, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to get in the batting cage and you're going to, you know, <laughs> get some serious reps in. And so, yeah. one, if it's not falling in a game and it's starting to, you know, you're starting to get into where people are using the word slump around you, um, you better be putting some reps in um, on your own, you know, before practice, after something, you know, but don't just not act like it's going to go away without anything getting done. I, the second thing we've done a lot of, and this is the beauty of, you know, even at, at our level, able to have a huddle um, or whatever program you use, um, huddles able to kind of, we can, we can pull up a player's, you know, first 60 attempts, you mm-hmm. know, in the first five games of the season and, and watch them all you know, you could address shot selection with them, or you could pull up, you know, the last 20 makes they've had and, and just let them watch themselves making shots and seeing some good things happen to where they start visualizing shots going in as opposed to fear and hoping it, you know, it doesn't brick against the backboard. So uh, I guess those would be a, a couple of the other angles we tried to take mm-hmm. into consideration. Okay. Um, you're, you're a motion guy. Um, you know, what are some, some base concepts that you have with your motion offense? Um, and, and, and how do you, how do you teach that stuff? Yeah, I love, uh, this part of the game. I just think is, is the beautiful part of it because it's kind of like learning to read, you know, you, you start you know, way back in what first grade, second, I don't even remember, but, um, I don't, I don't really remember the day that I like, Hey, I can read, you know, it just kind of was a <laughs> slow process. And I think that's the same thing with teaching kids how to just play the game. Right. Um, there's not one particular camp you can go to or one particular offense that's, you know, does the trick. There, there's certainly better ones, but, um, it's, one of those things where, you know, if you begin to just start to talk to them, you know, initially about floor balance and spacing and how important that is uh, throughout, you know, the entire possession. And then, you know, you begin to add some principles to that to where, you know, after you pass, um, you know, we like to emphasize just the, the toughest and hardest thing to guard in basketball for me is uh, not just me, but is the, the cut to the rim. I mean, putting pressure on the rim by, by being aggressive there. So that's, that's our, our primary cut that we, we want kids making, you know, after they pass, so they're not standing uh, to, to get this motion. If, if that cuts taken away, then, 
we like to give kids in that decision time to where, okay, if I can't make that cut to the rim, maybe I could go and, and then, you know, get my teammate away from the ball an opportunity to make that same cut to the rim. So that's, you know, that's kind of the, the two-step process we begin with. Uh, we certainly like the ball screen as well, and that comes a little later, you know, into, you know, junior varsity, varsity, where we're doing more with the, the on-the-ball screen. But both of those um, those concepts, you know, putting pressure on the rim and then, you know, screening and, and having that teammate maybe be able to put pressure on the rim, I think have been really important with us in terms of uh, generating the, the, the flow that we like to get and then all the while maintaining that good spacing. So those are kind of difficult maybe concepts to see just by me verbally saying it, but um, that's kind of our starting point with it. And Mm -hmm. uh, I can go from there if you need. Um, Do do you think uh, by emphasizing, you know, putting that pressure on the rim that helps open up your perimeter game or is that part of your, your teaching philosophy? You know, let's dive hard to, to, to open it up for, for other guys. You may not get it, you know, you may not get the great look this time, but your cut opened it up, uh, and, you know, now next time when your partner cuts hard for you, you're going to get that look. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why you're a coach, uh, because, you know, nine out of ten times when you make that cut to the rim, you're not getting the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's when you all of a sudden now we're talking about trust issues. We're talking about, you know, kids surrendering to the team concept. And so, yes, uh, I think, you know, coach Meyer, um, you know, would a lot of times emphasize that first cut. And then, uh, that actually a lot of times you're scoring off of the second cut that happens. So, uh, getting kids to, to know that, they might just be like a vacuum, uh, you know, taking a defense to the rim and then out. It just then creates maybe a, a wider gap that might create a greater opportunity for that player with the ball to drive it. And then, you know, he drives it, draws another teammate. So then it's about, you know, transferring the ball to a, someone who even has a greater advantage for a kickout three. And then basketball begins to really uh, take on a, a rewarding, beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. shape, I guess, if you will. That's when I like basketball, you know, yep. you've seen teams like the Spurs and the Warriors, you know, over the last decade really do a good job with that. So um, I think that's Villanova at the collegiate level. Uh, just anytime you can get the, the court space and you move people without the ball and then, you you know, you change the ball to the open shooters, that's, that's fun basketball. I was lucky enough um, a few years ago when Creighton was undefeated and Villanova was undefeated. I can't remember if Nova won it that year, uh, but it was when uh, Patton was a was a freshman, you know, and, and Marcus Foster and those guys. Yes. And uh, uh, my wife and I were lucky enough to get tickets to that game in early January. I don't know if you remember this particular game or not, but um, I got a chance to to watch that Nova offense at such a high level run that day. Oh my gosh, just a thing of beauty of just guys playing together, trusting one another, um, simple, simple stuff. But at the same time, it was so simple. It, it was complicated because it, it required that trust 
it required that uh, selflessness of I'm gonna I'm gonna trust that if I make this cut, it's gonna pay off two or three passes down the line with a great look. Maybe for me, maybe for somebody else, but it's gonna work for us. And it, it was just a thing of beauty to watch, you know. Um, and it was it was a great environment, and you know. But I, I know exactly what you're talking about there, and it, it's kind of you know you know it when you see it, and and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to watch, you know. Yeah, and that's, you know, you can't start early enough uh, teaching that stuff because it, it it doesn't happen overnight and it, it takes some time. And uh, But I think, you know, when it's all said and done, it's the right way to play. It's mm-hmm. the hardest, you know, type of basketball to, to guard. Um, and sometimes even uh, it can be, you know, the, the most rewarding and the, you know, mm-hmm. Because it, it does, it, it takes you to that, that level of just surrendering yourself to the team. Yep. Um, what are some, you guys run a lot of camps down there, and you refer to it a couple of times here, your summer stuff. Um, what are some unique things that, that you feel like you guys do really well with your, your summer camps and, and getting uh, the youth of Papio South involved in your program? Yeah, uh, this, you know, credit here to not only my coach Cooley and Simpson and my, my staff, but, um, we have, we have a, uh, you know, a school system that allows us to, you know, get those gyms opened up in the summer and get as many kids through as possible. So, you know, camps for all sports here in Papillion are just very important and there, you know, tons of opportunities for kids to you know, just find out more about their, their teams and so forth. So that's a, a positive. Um, my camp sometimes doesn't equate to um, another high school's camp. And when I say my, I mean because of where I came from. Uh, my dad, just a, a forerunner there with camps back in the 70s and 80s, uh, used to be, you know, at one point, if you wanted to go to a basketball camp in Nebraska, you either had to go to Kearney or Hastings for that stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, now it's, now they're just, they're all over the place or AAU ball, that type of thing. But so I grew up around a lot of camp and then, you know, into my college and after, uh, you know, spent a lot of time going up to Aberdeen to coach Meyer's stuff. So learn from him as well. So the whole camp experience, I feel like, um, I've just had great opportunities to learn a lot of the tricks to that trade, mm-hmm. if you will, to where we can have a lot of numbers and yet still find ways to, you know, have kids have a good experience and get a lot of fundamentals and then have some fun at the same time because we we certainly want, you know, yeah, you want to grind and work hard and all those things, but boy, at that age, you want to you want to become fundamentally sound and fall in love with the game. That kind of goes back to that pillar of passion. If they don't fall in love with the game early, um, it's going to be hard to keep them in the game later. So uh, I think that's why for us, camp is a, it's a team thing. It's not just, it's my staff. It's all of my current, my terrible word to use. um, All of our, um, you know, JV varsity guys are working those camps with those third, fourth, fifth, sixth graders, and and our and we're going all week. We're not two days for an hour, 
getting them on their way. We're, we're getting in a full week of camp and getting their money's yeah. worth, I hope. Yeah. So I guess those are some of the old school thoughts kind of behind, yeah. um, you know, a traditional camp. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's, it, it, it's such a great way. I, you know, I always tell my kids, you know, they don't want to be around me. They want to be around you. And, and you are here to model what is expected of you, what our program is about, um, you know, so forth and so on. And, and I always thought it was really important to get as many of our high school kids involved in our elementary and junior high camps as possible uh, because those, those third graders, those fourth graders, they want to be around those sophomores, juniors, senior kids that they see when they come to the varsity games. And, you know, I always try to tell them, uh, hey, remember when you were in fourth grade and, you know, after I was there long enough, when you were at this camp, when you were in fourth grade, you didn't want to listen to me. You wanted to be around player X, Y, and Z. And and that is part of the, um, the privilege, but also uh, the responsibility of you being part of this program. And I'm sure that's some of the, the message that you pass along with your kids as well. Oh, that's spot on. I mean, those those kids. I mean, just think back to when you were in grade school. You know, mm-hmm. I already talked about how I, how I looked up to Tom Crop and so many of my dad's players. You know, uh, that was huge. And so our our players are are informed mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, over and over about just the the power of you know being a positive role model uh, here in the community. And, and then the other thing is just when you teach the game, and you know this as well as anybody, um, when you teach the game, you know, when my players are having to take 10 fourth graders and teach them how to do their form shooting progression, mm-hmm. uh, the, <laughs> my, my players themselves then learn it so much better. I mean, yep. it's like teachers, you know, teachers, um, when you learn to teach your subject matter, it, it forces you to be the best student around. So, that's another thing. It's just so good at IQ. And so we're going to try to teach not just fundamentals, but um, team concepts. You know, we talked about two-man, three-man game, you know, those types of things throughout the different age levels. So it, it's a big teaching component of players' IQ as well. You you know, exactly right, Coach. And and, and uh, next summer, I'd love to come down for a day and just check it out if you give me a chance. I'd, I'd, I'd love to do that. You know, you'll have to shoot me some dates or something when we when we get around to next late May and early June. And, and I'd love to come and check out and see what you got going on down there. That'd be great. Well, it's going to happen. And be careful what you, you, know, you wish for because you come through the doors and I'm going to have you as a guest clinician. So <laughs> be prepared to... To share uh, some of my greatest basketball memories are with my coaching buddies that you know we would visit each other's camps. Uh, you know, Coach Baronic is one in particular who's mm-hmm. you know passed away, but boy, yep. Great every coach. summer we spent time with each other at each other's camps and mm-hmm. uh, just, I mean, that's 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 what coaching's all about. That's what. Yeah, you know, sports is all about it's it's relationships and and uh, I tell you those are those are fun memories. I tell you what, that's a, that's a deal. I'll I'll come down and and if if you're willing to have me, I'll come down and and uh, help you out with a little bit of stuff for helping me out today with with the podcast. How about that? <laughs> we would love it. We-
We'd be honored, Coach. We'd right. be honored. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, listeners, check out the website, uh, South. Uh, SouthTitanBasketball.com, all one word. South Titan Basketball, uh, Coach. This was this was terrific. Uh, just so many good things. Uh, the five pillars. I, I got two pages of notes. Just listen to you here. Um, just a terrific, terrific stuff. I can't thank you enough for coming on here today. Well, I am. I what you're doing. I just love this about the game. And sometimes in our fast-paced world we're kind of losing you know this element of it and that's just people talking and sharing and um whether it's through a podcast or you know getting face-to-face at a clinic uh you just can't do enough of that and so i am very encouraged that you're uh you're continuing to try to you know spotlight some different coaches in this state and uh, hopefully people will uh, listen and, and share and, uh, you know, everything that, you know, came out that I spewed out of my mouth today was just borrowed from, from my influences that I've had throughout the years. And so I can't thank them enough as well as you know. Well, coach, it's, it's been terrific. I, I hope you had a great time. Uh, uh, we also, we want to thank COSAC Chiropractic for, for sponsoring the podcast. Again, if you're in need of chiropractic services, don't hesitate to call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 402-964-0300. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Uh, again, we're on iTunes now. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, download it. Subscribe to it. Rate it. Review it. The, the more positive vibes we get out there, uh, the better it'll be for the podcast and more people we can help out. Email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach Joel Huger from Papio South. Coach Once again, thanks a ton for coming on, and uh, we look forward to working with you uh, later on down the line here. Thank you very much, Martin. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, Coach.